the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Kingdom Adit. Kingdom Adit. Great to be with you this Sunday morning. The first Sunday of July is great to be alive and it's great to be well. I want you to lift up your voice and thank God for once again for the opportunity granted you to be alive and to see July. Thank him for half time. I believe that you've been blessed so far. You want to give God thanks and give him praise for his mighty visitation, for various word encounters. You want to lift up your voice and thank him. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. While you pray, you also want to pray that in this morning service, you will speak to your heart once again. Bless and impart your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Langa Kosha Gadada Bahando Sebredi Batasote Rika Boko Shanda Bakatasa. In Jesus' precious name, Spirit of God, breathe upon your word again. We are thankful to you for the past days. Thank you for Monday to Friday. You visited us mightly by your word. And today you are here to crown it all. Spirit of God, we thank you for your help. Thank you for clarity of thoughts. Thank you for grace upon my hearers to receive and be blessed. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you grant me utterance to speak your word with precision and accuracy. Thank you, Spirit of God, that no one hooked to this broadcast now or watch it later will ever be the same. I give you praise, glory, honor, and majesty in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. If you are new to our channel, I want to encourage you to subscribe and click the bell button so you can constantly be reminded whenever we are on. And if you are on Facebook, this is the best time to start a watch party, share the link with as many people as possible so they can be blessed by God's word. Come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, where we started studying from last week Sunday on our subject of total recovery. The Bible says 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, should I pursue after them? And shall I overtake them? And he said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and without fail recover all. Verse 18 to 19, the Bible says, So David recovered all that the Amalekite had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken. David recovered them all. I pray that you recover them all in the name of Jesus. So on Tuesday, we started exploring covenant keys for total recovery. Covenant keys for total recovery. We established the fact that God is a God of keys. The Bible says, I will give you the keys of a kingdom. And whatsoever you bind shall be bound, and whatsoever you lose shall be loose. So keys are God's tools in our hands to recover whatever our losses have been. And we looked at the key of prayer. 
we looked at the key of separation, we looked at the key of obedience, and we looked at the key of service. This morning we want to finish it up with another vital key, the man David engaged in order to experience total recovery. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8 to 13. That's where the key is. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8 to 13. Let's go to verse 9. So David went. This was after David prayed that should he pursue, shall he overtake and recover all? The Bible said God told him to pursue. So in his pursuit, he engaged two vital keys. One was separation, the other we are coming to it shortly. But David pursued, he and his 400 men, for 200 men stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bissau. Verse 11. Then they found an Egyptian in the field, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water. Verse 12. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two classes of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread, no drunk water for three days and three nights. Go back to verse 11. They found an Egyptian in the field and they brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink. This morning I'm looking at the key of giving the key of giving. If you are going to recover, if you are going to experience total recovery and re recover all the things we may have lost via COVID or via whichever means, I want you to appreciate the fact that among the keys we need to engage, chief among the keys is the keys of giving. Is the key of giving. Giving is critical for any recovery story. There can be no recovery without giving. Given is critical. You remember, God initiated the recovery and restoration of mankind to himself through giving. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God could not restore mankind to himself. He so loved man, but he could not restore mankind to himself. He could not recover man's relationship with himself without giving. He took the initiative to give. And by his giving, today, multitudes have been reconciled unto God and multitudes are still being recovered unto God. And that is why we need to learn from God's example to give. No matter how long you pray, no matter how obedient you are, if you don't engage this key vigorously and actively, there is no way you are going to recover, particularly as it relates to economic recovery. Like I told you earlier, recovery is in different forms. There's financial recovery, there's physical recovery, but to recover financially, you need to be a giver. That is a vital Christian principle, it's a vital biblical principle. God began by practicing it, and we as a children ought to practice the same. Giving is foundational in our work with God. Giving is critical in our journey of faith with God. Why is giving so important in your life as a Christian? Number one, giving is a proof. The reason why you must be a giver as a child of God is that giving is a proof. The question is, what does giving prove? Giving truly proves that you are a child of God. To be a child of God and be stingy is a paradox. It's not possible for you to be a child of God and be stingy. Because the, the child of God is the one who has been given so much by God. And if you have been given so much, you can only give back. 
The Bible said God loved us. We so love God because he first loved us. He loved us by giving to us. We can only love him back by giving to him. For God so loved, he so gave. In the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Hear me? God's nature is love. And love's nature is given. So if you are going to be a person who says he claims to have the nature of God and be stingy, then you lie. You cannot claim to be a lover of God whilst you are stingy with your resources. No. The Bible says in 1 John 3, verse 16 to 18, Hearing perceive with the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Number two, giving pleases God. Giving is not only a proof, giving also pleases God. When we give, God is pleased. Giving is pleasing to the Lord. The Bible says, honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruit of all thy increase. So shall thy bands be filled with plenty and thy breasts shall burst out with new wine. Every time we give, it honors God. God is honored with our giving. God is excited with our giving. God is most excited. When you see the reason why giving pleases God is because giving is the nature of God. When God sees that we as his children, we are manifesting his nature, he is pleased. And I pray that the nature of God which is given will come afresh into your life. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16. The Bible says, do not forget. The Amplified Version says, do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good. To be generous and distribute to the needy of the church as an embodiment and proof of fellowship. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Did you see that? The sacrifices, sacrifices of sharing our bounty, the sacrifices of giving, the Bible says, is pleasing to the Lord. Noah pleased God by his offering, we are told in the book of, in the book of Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 and 22. Noah pleased God, he offered unto God, and God was pleased. Abel pleased God by his sacrifice. Again, we are told Solomon pleased God by his sacrifice. You see, giving is something that is dear to God. Giving so pleased God that when Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings, the Bible said the Lord visited him in a dream of the night. I pray that in this half, you will give an offering to the Lord. You will give an offering that will provoke a supernatural visitation on your life in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Nothing pleases God. Nothing demonstrates our honor and reverence for God like the quality of the offering we're giving. When you take, when you, you make sure you take some time and read Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 to 8. The Bible talks about how God relates to our offerings. Our offerings honors God. Our offerings pleases God. When we bring substantial quality, a good offering to God, a good offering to God, God is honored, God is well pleased. Don't just take anything and dash it and throw it on God. God is not needy. You will ever be in need. God is never in need. And so whatever we give, we give as an expression of love. We give in demonstration of our deep honor and reverence for God. What you give must reflect you. That's why the Bible says that Abel gave an offering and it pleased God and God accepted his person. There are some offerings where you bring to God, God does not accept it, neither does he even accept your person. The book of Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 to 8 tells us all. And number three, giving positions you. 
giving positions you. Giving positions you. When we give, it positions our heart. Giving helps us position our hearts on God and on his kingdom and not on things. There are many people whose hearts go after things. They pursue things. And the Bible says, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. There are things the Gentiles are seeking. As a child of God, you are called to seek the kingdom of God, God and his kingdom. And one of the things that really proves that your heart is positioned on God is the quality of your giving. If you are a child of God and your heart is really after God, you'll be a giver. Any child of God, I've met Christians who proclaim or pretend they love God and they can't part with first fruits. They have a difficulty. Somebody was speaking very loudly about it. First fruit is not scriptural. Really? You don't know the Bible. You don't love God. It's not even that you don't know the Bible. You don't love God. When you love God, first fruit, 100%, 20%, no matter what it is. In fact, you are ready to give your whole life to God, not first fruit. You are ready to give your whole life to God. You are debating first fruit. The reason is that you don't love God. And you are pretending and you are faking it. Be honest with your life. If you genuinely love God, giving your life is not even a difficulty. Talk less of your first fruit. Talk less of your tact. Talk less of whatever. When the moment the love of God is genuine in our heart, we go all out to give. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings unto God. He offered a precious sacrifice unto God. Why? Because he loved God. I pray that the love of God will come alive in your heart. Giving is a platform. Number four, giving is a platform. It's a divine platform for promoting God's kingdom with our resources on the earth. It's a divine platform. Giving is a kingdom platform. It's a divine platform for promoting. Giving is a platform for promoting God's kingdom with our resources on the earth. In the Lord's Prayer, one vital line in this is that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One way we promote God's kingdom on the earth is through the things we give. We can't build the church of God without giving. We can't buy equipment that will help us advance the cause of Christ without giving. We are on two radio stations. We could not send the word of God there without giving. It is giving to advance the kingdom. It is giving to build the church of God. It is giving to be a blessing to others. Giving is a vital platform given unto us by God so we can advance his kingdom. Number five, giving provokes. Giving provokes supernatural blessings. Giving provokes supernatural blessings. And I pray that in this second half, the blessings of God will follow your life. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 35, he said, even as I have shown you in every way by laboring that you support the weak and to remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take note, this is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't find this particularly recorded in any of the Gospels. But Luke says, this is one of those statements Jesus made. He said, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That cannot be, that is quite clear enough. You don't need any further interpretation. If Jesus said it is blessed, it is more blessed to give than to receive, then that's it. You can't be blessed by receiving. You get blessed by giving. What you give prospers you more than what you receive. 
Nobody prospers by receiving. Everybody prospers by giving. And I pray that the grace to give will rest upon it. You remember the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 38, it says, give and it shall be given unto you. He didn't say receive and it shall be given unto you. He said give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give back unto your bosom. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26, there is that that scattered and yet increased. There is that that would hold them more than meat, but it tended to poverty. He said the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watered shall be watered also himself. When we give, we position ourselves to provoke the blessing of God over our lives. There was a man by the name of Abraham. He provoked strange blessings over his life and over his lineage. The reason why the nation of Israel is an unbeatable nation till tomorrow is because Abraham provoked a blessing over the nation. The Bible said, after he offered Isaac, God said, surely in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply that seed. When he gave that seed, he provoked something. I pray that in this hour you will give a seed that will provoke generational blessings over your family. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. The man Job also experienced superlative blessings, supernatural blessings on the basis of a given lifestyle. And I pray that the grace of God to be a tireless giver, that grace will rest upon you. Now, there are four important mindsets you must develop to live a profitable giving life. If you are going to be giving, if you are going to be generous, if you are going to be liberal with your resources, you need four mindsets. I realize that for everyone who gives cheerfully, joyfully, consistently, and tirelessly, they have this mindset. The first mindset is a mindset that you can never outgive God. Anybody who is a liberal soul understands that he can never outgive God. And I want that to settle in your mind. You can never outgive God. No matter what you give, first fruit, tithe, offering, sacrificial offering, whatever it is, no matter the amount, no matter the quantum, you can never outgive God. God is a giver and he has always been a giver. From Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, when God gave breath to man, he has never stopped giving. He started by giving breath to man and he has continued to give till tomorrow. God has given us his precious son. We are told in Romans chapter 8. He said, he that spared not his own son but gave him up freely unto us. How shall he not also with him freely give unto us all things? God gave to us from the beginning. He is still giving to us. The reason why you are alive and you continue to be alive is because God constantly and continuously gives you. He gives you the gift of life. He gives you the gift of breath. He gives you the gift of health. There is so much God gives you every day. That's why you are alive. That's why you must learn to give. Because everything you have and owe, God gave it to you. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. And coming from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally and abrade not. You need the mindset that God, you can never outgive God. The moment that mindset settles in your, in your heart or in your life, it becomes easier to give. Number two, the mindset that you are a steward and God is the owner. You need that understanding too. You are a steward. Everything you have, you are a steward. The Bible says, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. That settles it. There's nothing you brought into this world, your school, your money, the apartment you owe, 
the various properties you have. You brought none of them to the world and you can carry nothing out. In other words, in your lifetime, whatever God has given you, you are a steward. And one day, he will require you to give accounts. He will require you to give account how you use them. How did you use the money God gave you? Did you use it to build his kingdom or you use it to chase women? Did you use it to advance his cause or you use it to arrogantly show up to others? How did you use it? The Bible says the earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. Your properties, but all of your properties are planted on the earth. And every piece of land you owe, the Bible said it belongs to God. The earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. He says, the silver is mine, Haggai 2.8, and the gold is mine. In the book of Psalm 50, verse 10 to 12, he said, For every beast of the field is mine, the cattle upon a thousand hills are mine. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Verse 12, he said, If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. When you understand that God owns everything, and you are only a steward, when God says, give me a portion of it, you don't struggle with him. You don't debate with him. You don't have a hesitation bringing it. Why? Because you know that God gave it in the first place. That is what David understood. That is what David and the people of Israel understood. Look at what David said in the book of 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 to 14. After they had given offering in, towards the building of God's house. This is what David said. Then David blessed the people before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, take note, yours is, I'm reading from New King James, please follow. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the majesty, the, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven. Take note, all that is in heaven and on earth is done. All that is in heaven and on earth is yours. Everything. Your kingdom, yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all the people. Both riches, O, and honor come from you, and you reign over all. Your hand is, your, in your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Verse 13, he says, Now therefore, O our God, we thank you and praise you your glorious name. Verse 14. He says, but who am I, that is David, and what, who are my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. Praise God. David said, all things, everything I have, everything we have given, it comes from you. May you have this understanding. When you understand that all things, some people ask me, I won't give my money to church. Who are you? You. What is it that you have? The life you have. Did you manufacture it? Where did you get the life for? The life you have used to get money. And now you are talking rubbishly and arrogantly. Only fools give their money to church. You are a big fool by even saying that. Because a fool says there is no God. And by that statement, you are simply saying there is no God. And if there is no God, you, 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 I don't know how you are, you are living. Praise God. David understood that ownership is God's. Stewardship is man. Ownership belongs to God. Stewardship is our responsibility. And the Bible says one important feature all stewards are required to have is faithfulness. A steward must be faithful. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. The people God bless are not people 
are not people who are managers. He blesses people who are good stewards. The Bible said, a faithful man shall abound with blessing, but he that make him his to be rich shall not be innocent. Number three, the mindset that giving profits the giver and not God. Giving profits the giver. Every time we give, we are the beneficiaries of what we give. God does not benefit anything from our giving because he doesn't actually need anything from us. If you read the book of Psalm 50 verse 12, he said, if I were hungry, Psalm 50 12, if I were hungry, I will not tell thee. Psalm 50 verse 12, if I were hungry, I will not tell thee. In other words, if God had the need, he wouldn't tell you. There are so many ways God can use to meet his need. He can use donkeys to speak. He can make stones praise him. So if he needs money, you remember the other day when Jesus needed money, you know where he went. He didn't go to the bank. He went to the sea and commanded the fish to vomit out money. That is how God can get whatever he wants. So he really does not need you to give him anything. The reason is why then do we give? We give because it's an opportunity for us, for God to meet all our needs. God has designed in such a way that he designed and structured our life in such a way that we must always use our faith to receive the things he has already given unto us. It takes faith. And for your faith to work, you must release. So we give to release our faith so that that which God has already given to us can be assessed by us. That's what the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. That's what Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. May the grace to give be always yours. The Bible says after the Philippians have shared their bounty with Apostle Paul, he says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Until they gave, they were not candidates for supernatural supply. I pray that the grace of God to be a liberal soul with your tithe, with your faith offerings, with your faith, with everything in this house. May the grace to honor God be your portion. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Finally, the mindset that giving is a privilege and an opportunity. Giving is a privilege and an opportunity. Giving is a privilege and an opportunity. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, he says, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are in the household of faith. Where we read, David saw giving us an, as a privilege. Look at what he says in 2 First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 13 to 14. Now therefore, O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your, of your own we have given. He says, who am I? What is my house? Let's do the New Living Translation. Who am I and what is my house? But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? He saw it as a privilege. See it as a privilege. I mean... It, it should be a privilege anytime someone who is bigger and richer than you tells you to give him something. It's a privilege. It's a privilege because he's not asking because he needs it. He's giving you an opportunity to say that in my lifetime, I once gave a gift to the president of Ghana. I once gave a gift to a person of a high standing in society. It is just a privilege for a great one to accept a gift from your hand. If you understand this, you will always be excited, you will rush. 
to find something always to give to God. It's a privilege. It's like the queen of Sheba coming to Solomon and giving Solomon something. Here is a man who is the richest in the world. What can you give such a man? He gave as a privilege. He gave as an opportunity. Giving is a golden opportunity any day, any time. Because everything we have, God gave to us. The cure, that the cure for the pride that money brings into the heart of people is to understand that giving is a privilege. When you understand that giving is a privilege and an opportunity, you will humbly give. You will not be begged to give. You will not be cajoled to give. You will humbly share your resources with all. Let me close with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. He said, charge them that are rich in this world. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth richly all things to enjoy. He said that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. When you understand that giving is a privilege, you will not be high-minded. You will not trust in uncertain riches, but you will be always ready to distribute and you will be willing to communicate. May the grace to be ever generous with your resources, the grace to always be liberal with your resources, may that grace rest upon you. May the anointing to be a dedicated, selfless giver be yours today and always. In the name of Jesus, you want to close your eyes and let us pray. Speak to God and ask for the release of the grace to be a liberal soul. 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 Open them up and speak to God. Mango shanda da bakanda baliba sanda labraham de kosa. I receive grace to be a liberal soul. Pastor Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afrakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afrakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com, for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.